And all the saints said, Amen. Open my eyes, Lord, I want to see Jesus. As we um, come this morning, and thankful, thank you for your faithfulness, Eddie. <laughs> right there, buddy. Um, as we come this morning, I'll get those right there, thank you. There's a lot to be said. We're in the book of Luke, the 17th, I mean, uh, John, the 17th chapter. It's Jesus' prayer. And um, we're talking about embracing our oneness in Christ. I, I think that's very critical uh, as believers that we understand that it's important that we embrace our oneness in Christ. Um, so as we look at the text and what it has to say, um, one of the things that I, I want to do is to um, look at this, this uh, text and, and then talk to you for a moment. Because a lot of times we can get so involved in the text um, that we, we miss the dynamics of what's going on. So permit me for just one second. Almost there. Okay. Right there. Okay. Um, we have, so far, we have been in a series um, dealing with Christ in the Garden of Eden. We have begun to look at all of the things that are connected with it, what Jesus Christ was going through in his prayer uh, for us as believers. And it's my desire that we um, go further by my, my pointer here. Okay, ready to go. So we look at the whole idea of um, embracing our oneness in, in Christ, and it should be part four. Let me see if this, uh, that's okay. Um, and so it said Christ is praying for us. Christ is praying for us. And as we talk about this whole idea of Christ praying for us, um, let's read that together. What does it say? And so he uh, prayed concerning sacrifice, he prayed concerning empowerment, he prayed concerning the principles of eternal life, he prayed uh, his prayer of uh, completion, and I, I thought that this was very important because the prayer of com uh, completion in verse 4, and, uh, and I just wanted to just kind of go over it again, it says, I have glorified you on earth, and these two words are, are key. I have accomplished the work that you gave me. First it says, I glorified you, and then I finished what you told me to do. And I said to you, one of the things that I want to make sure when my ministry is finished, that the things that I have done, I have glorified God, and I have finished what he put me here to do. 
It's not to get a thousand people and be popular and be on television, all, just to do, to just to bloom where I'm planted. You can hear what I'm saying? That is so important. But you see, there are some things, and this is why I want you to appreciate the prayer. That's why I'm trying to give you some background on the prayer. The prayer in the Garden, uh, the garden of uh, Gethsemane is in contrast to the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden, there is no prayer. The man is given an excuse, and he's thrown his wife under the bus, and, uh, and now God has locked him out, you know, and, and put a sword as up, say, no, don't come back here, you know. And so, but, but in the Garden of Eden, he now comes and he have done everything that the Father have told him to do. Not one word, not one word have he spoken that God has not told him to speak. He says, I've done it all. I've glorified you. I've finished my work. I told you last week, Paul, when Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished the course. God wants us to finish. One of the, you know, although I've laid out the hours as far as the message is concerned, I want you to get some, some key thoughts here before we go through this. Let's bow in prayer. Father, lead and guide us in our time together. Thank you for our week together, and thank you for the insights and the challenges, the clarity. And Lord, help me to clearly articulate this to the saints of God. It's not about Don Rackett. It's about your word that's quick and powerful and sharp and any two of the sword, dividing us under the sword of spirit. And it's certain of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We pray right now, Lord, that you speak to the saints. Strengthen your servant to do just that. I trust you to bring about the results. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm talking to you this morning because I want to take you to the level where believers are. There's, there's two things I want to lay out before you. The first thing I want to lay out before you is, um, and, and this, I heard this brother say this, and it really resonated in my soul. Is it worth it? Sometimes you, you go on in ministry and, and it seems like this is going on and this is happening and, and you get so, I mean, you get to the point where you say, is it, is it worth it? Mary has the baby and Mary watched the baby grow up and then the same baby that she held in her arms, she now sees him on the cross and he's a mass of bloody flesh. He hears his, she sees and hears his last cry. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And, and, I, and the thing that would pierce her heart, and she's probably saying, is it worth it? Paul goes out and he's, he's doing these tremendous things for the Lord. And he talks about how many times he had been beaten and, and in peril and all of these things that he was going through. And finally, do you think that the crown is here? No, he gets his head chopped off. Is it worth it? John, one of the disciples, he, he's walking with the Lord. And, and the thing about John was that 
His, his final hours is that he's shoved off to some Isle of Patmos, a, a desolate hour, uh, island, away from everything, all by himself. Why have walked with the Lord, seen the miracles and everything else, you would have thought somewhere, somehow someone would come and pat you on the back and say, you did a good job. Deep down in your soul, you start saying, is it worth it? Some of you, you work with your families and you, you're dealing with your loved ones and, and it's, it seems like the same story over and over and over and over again. And you say, is it worth it? A couple came in for counseling last week and uh, been dealing with the person for over 20 years. 20 years. Came back for the same thing. Wife discouraged. Um, and as we talked and the guy said, I want to come back. And the wife says, I'm not coming back. At least not this one. You talk to him. She got to the point where she was saying, is it worth it? Is, is it, is it worth Going, two things. This is why I want to make sure you get these two thoughts before we get into the text, okay? I think that, you see, the reason that we're asking these questions because we're not home yet. <laughs> you wait till we get the glory. One millisecond in the, in the glory, and you say, whoa. When they talked about hearts and things like that, I didn't know they were They brought out the big stuff here. And God's been waiting for me a long time. It's been worth it all. And then I appreciate uh, Elizabeth. She let me hear this disc. Uh, and, um, and I believe it's a, a, a rapper being, um, um, being interviewed. Was he a rapper? I think I do want to make sure. He, he, made, he made a statement that resonated in my thoughts. And now it's become, you know, I always give a person credit at the beginning. Then after a while, what preachers do, they'll give this. Then after a while, they start saying, and then the Lord told me, you know. <laughs> but, you know, but we, we always start off with the credits. I'm starting off with the credits. And um, so, so what, what happened was this. He said, um, I'm, I'm just kind of paraphrasing to put it into so that you get the thought. Whenever... You're on a baseball field. There are different positions. Some folks are in the nosebleed, and the other person is the back catcher. Each one have a different perspective on the game. Each one have their own opinion of the game. Each one have their feelings about the game. Those who are not even players got a lot to say about the game. And all they did was pay the fare to get in there. But you have the person who's in the game. The person who's on the team. The person who's gone through the training. And understanding what's going on. And, and so when you are there, sometimes you hear comments from people from the nosebleed trying to tell you about Jesus and about the church and everything else. 
don't get bent out of shape. Respect them, but you know what? <laughs> They're not where you are. When we go to John, when we, when we, look, when we look at John, John has said, I want, you, I want you to see, I'm taking you to Jesus' prayer. You're not in the nosebleed. You're right there at the plate. You're watching him as he begins to cry out to the Father. And it's, does our oneness matter? The, the, the question is, our oneness greatly depends on our understanding and embracing the foundational truths of God's word. And so Jesus Christ, what he does is he gives us out of John, the uh, 17th chapter, some basic theology. And one of the things of the, the theology is he starts off with, one of the things that he starts off with and we've been talking about is the doctrine of God. There are some folks who say that uh, God is, uh, Jesus is God, God is God, and the Holy Spirit is God, and all of them are one. There's only one person, but la, 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 la. I said, oh, you don't understand. Your, your theology is off. All I have to do is take, I just need this take you just to John. Because you see, when you begin to look at it, it's very important to see this. So our aim is, number one, to reinforce our concept of the oneness we have in Christ, which is unbreakable and exists with a high level of accountability. Because the same Jesus, as we look at it from the plate, is praying for us. Do you understand what he's praying? He's praying, he's praying for the disciples. And then what the disciples are going to do, he's now going to start praying for us as believers. And he wants us to be right there. Right there. So the outline will be, he prayed concerning his position. He prayed concerning the impact and importance of his task. He prayed concerning the experience of those who were chosen. Now, whether we hit all three, that's not important. I just, I want to make sure you at least get a few things, okay? So let's start off with, he, let's start off with, uh, uh, the point number five, understand this is, is our third time getting together on this. He prayed concerning his position. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had. You see what it said? That I had with you before the world what? It says, glorify me. See, in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world exists. Observation. The pre-existence of Christ and his equal status with God the Father should not be an issue among those who are saved. Jesus pre-existed before the foundations of the world because he created the world. Yeah, I don't believe that. Well, hang with me. Jesus made it very clear that he had a pre-existence before his physical birth. Isaiah 42.8. Here's, now, here's the lead-in. And the Lord said this. When you see this capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, when you see this word, whenever you see that in the Old Testament, you're talking about the Lord Jehovah, Yahweh. Whenever you see that capital, you see in the Old Testament capital L, O-R-D, but then you're going to see capital O, capital R, uh, capital L, R-O-R-D, also capital O, capital, uh, capital G, capital O, 
capital D. Whenever you start seeing that, it begins to look, take you to some, some deeper words that you need to look very closely at because you need to understand this as believers. They have a good foundation. And so he says, the Lord, now we're in the uh, Old Testament. The Lord, that's God, that is my name. My glory I give to what? Nor my praise to? Well, then here Jesus Christ come and say, Father, glorify me as, I know, as the glory I had with you in, before the world exists. But wait a minute, but, but God said, my glory, I'll give to, uh, I don't give to others. So, so then, at that point, then you would think that God would say, you would think there are others who try to get, be glorified, and God would smack them down right there. Jesus Christ is praying, no, I have it. And I'm just simply saying, glorify me. I'm getting ready to go in. I'm getting this garden. I'm getting ready to leave out of this garden. Perfect man. I'm going to die on the cross of Calvary for the sins of the whole world to reverse when a man walked out of the garden of Eden and threw sin over the world. And so therefore, Father, I'm going to do the reverse of it. And so the results of it is I want you to glorify me. Are you with me so far? John 1. One, one to five. In the beginning was the, and the word was, and the word was, okay. He was in the beginning. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. That word that we're talking about is who? Jesus. Who is it? Let's go further. In him was life, and the life was in the light, it was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness was not able to comprehend it. First John talks about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. See? And the Word was, was uh, God. And it should be John, not First John. Okay, I'm sorry. Just for correction. It should be John, not First John. Okay, John. Everybody with me? Okay. Then he prayed concerning the impact and importance of the task. Look at verse 6 through 10. Three major things seem to be clear from this verse. One, the revelation, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have, and, uh, and they have kept your word. Here, here's what he's saying. I have manifested your word to the people that you gave me. Notice that he's not taking credit right here. Now, if it was just talking about one, one God, then who is he talking to? See, that, that's why he says, um, that's when we, we talk about uh, the whole idea of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, always referring to, to the Father and always keeping the dialogue. And he's, he's a great grammarian, so therefore his English is straight here. The reception. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them. And they come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have what? Believe. I'm going to stretch it out. That you sent me. Notice the four purpose and impact of Christ's revelation. One, it was made known. He says, 
Father, I have made known all of this to only those who you gave me. Remember what Jesus Christ said? No man comes to me except the Father. What? The Father draws him. He says, I have, the only people that I've made known to is those whom God has chosen. It's an exclusive group of people that God have, have chosen. If you, whatever you know is because God chose you and he turned on the light that you may hear it. Other than that, you don't understand a word I'm talking about. It's for God's family only. This is God. We're, we're permitted to listen to Jesus Christ pray. We're on the ground floor. We need to understand this because there's some things that we are going through and you, we need to know that Jesus is praying for us all the time. All the time. In our worst moments, in our moments of despair, in our, our moments when we get, yes, we get angry. He's praying for us. The Lord have laid out our whole life. He knows every time you'll mess up on him. And that's why you have 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to give us our sins and do what? This word if or the word sins, we, if we confess our sins, that means what? If you don't confess your sins, then you can tie into it. So he says, number one, it made no. Number two, it says, to a select few. few. It says, and they have received him who were given by God, who received, knew, and believed. See those words there? They received it. They, they know uh, in truth, and they have believed it. It's one thing to receive it. It's another thing to know it. It's another thing to believe it. For as a man thinks in his heart, what? So is he. This comes down to everyday living right now. How in the world can believers say they know God and look just like the world? Ex explain this to me. Explain, me. explain to me how you can go to the same tavern and everything else. Explain to me that you, and don't tell me you're witnessing for Jesus. And there's a glass there. And I know it's not communion. Okay? So let's, let's get real, okay? So then ex explain, explain to me, you know, um, like, like the, the, uh, the Lord said to Elijah, what doest thou here? What are you doing in this place? If, if, you, if you receive and you know and you believe, don't you think that should make a difference in your life? Before I start trying to change everybody else, there's a, there's a time that Don Rackett has to look in the mirror and start doing some looking at Don Rackett. And I've said to you before, and we need to say, are you in? <laughs> and you need to go in front of the mirror, almost like a uh, mirror, mirror on the wall. Am I in? I mean, am I, am, am I really in? Have I, uh, have I re received it? Do I know? Do I believe this? Then am I really practicing this? Or do I do it when it's convenient? So it says, Lord, I gave it to them. 
And here's what happens. When the Lord gave it to us, there's a responsibility of keeping what he gives. Why? Because it was given from God. And God does not just give out stuff that we just throw around like junk. Everything we do, think, and say must glorify God. Believers don't take vacations. I mean, I'm taking a late vacation this, uh, this week from Jesus. I'm <laughs> yeah, right. Start that mess. Okay. And so, the redeemed, John 17, 9. I'm praying for them. I am not praying for the world. It's, it's very, make it very clear. But for those whom you have given me, for they are what? Yours. He says, he makes it very clear. I'm not praying for the world. Oh, we know, we, oh, we know John 3.16. God so what? He said, I'm not praying for them. I, I'm not praying for the sinner on the street. I'm not praying for the drunk. I'm not praying for any of those. I'm not praying for any of those people right now. I'm praying. He says, I'm praying for them. First, he's praying for the disciples. And then what the disciples are going to do, he says, I'm praying for each one of you. Jesus is praying in that garden for you and me. And he says, I want you to know what I'm praying. And that's why I've taken my time to just kind of go through the verses here. I'm praying for them. All mine are yours and yours are mine. And I'm glorified in them. Wow. Listen, listen. All these folks are yours. And then, Lord, you gave them to me, so they're mine. And it says, now, guess what happened? You glorify Christ by your actions. Repeat after me. I glorify Christ by my actions. Remember what Christ's prayer was? Father, I have glorified you. And then the word glorify and then finished. Jesus Christ says, and the Father, the ones that you have given me, says, they are, he says, and I am glorified in them. So now, how does that happen? How, how can that take place? John, the 15th chapter says, abide in me, and I in you. For apart from me, you can do what? John 15, 8 says, herein is the Father glorified. You see? The, the whole idea is when you abide in me and all these other things, says, as a result of it, God is glorified. You prove that you are my disciples. Your joy is made full. It's a full package. Thinking it through. What we see, say, and act will greatly affect our responsibility in glorifying Christ. Our position in Christ should have a tremendous effect on our actions. So, what are we doing that um, will make a difference? Um, I don't know, many of you uh, probably know Katie Wash, uh, or Bats, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, we were able to, uh, we wanted us to come to the, uh, the birthday um, surprise party we got there. And sitting at the table, I had a chance to sit with a pastor. It, it was a, 
it was an interesting time. Um, I try to avoid all of the uh, the courtesy talk, and let's just let's talk man to man. You know, we got to the point of getting past all the courtesy talk. You know, let's, 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 Way to look at how many people get all past all that stuff. Okay, now let's get let's get to talking. Let's get to talking to where we are and our struggles and some of the things we need to do. And I, I was sharing with him, and he gave me some information as I was sharing with him some of the things I was doing. He sat back and he said, "Hey, wait a minute." He said, "Do you have any of this stuff written down?" I said, I know, I said, I know what you are. I said, you what I said, I got a tablet too. All preachers are thieves. <laughs> I said, I, I steal your stuff, you steal my stuff, stuff. No. <laughs> I said, well, I understand, bro. No, no, no problem. He said, yeah. He said, yeah, so here's what I want you to do. He says, every day, I want you to write down a thought. He said, you have a computer? I said, yeah, I have a computer. I want you to write down your thought and put it in a file says, whatever that thought is, don't have to be long. He said, if you do it 365 times a day, he says, you really get a whole lot of information there that can be passed on to others. Then I can pick that up, erase your name, <laughs> and put my name on it. <laughs> and we, had, we had a good laugh, you know. And... Uh, and I thought, I said, you know what? I should start doing that every day. But I thought about what are you writing down? What is your legacy that will glorify Christ? What are you doing every day that will make a difference? What are your markers? Is your day the same as it was yesterday? That's what it's all about. Well, I'll write down that I'll discuss it today. No, don't put that in there. <laughs> write down some things that you can pass on to others and sit back, pray over it. We should be intentional believers as we live for Christ. Why? Because, you see, Jesus is saying, I am glorified in them. Put your name in it. I am glorified in Roland. I'm glorified in hope. I'm glorified. See, I'm, I'm glorified over and over and over. I'm glorified. Can he use you? Can he use your name? He prayed concerning the experience of those who are chosen. Well, you've been very patient. See if I can just kind of walk you through this real quickly and kind of wrap it up in our thoughts here. We're almost through with John, the 17th chapter. John, the 17th chapter is not like telling or uh, going, looking at a, a case study and, and looking at this or that. John, the 17th chapter, will have us uh, give us a, a tremendous chance to just look at Jesus Christ praying for us. You know, people are nosy. You know that, don't you? 
That's why you sometimes you could be riding on the highway and you think there's a big crash on this side of the highway. And it's not because it was a crash on the other side. They basically cleared that up. It's the other folks who've been looking. And you're waiting for them to move your car so I can, but people are, uh, let me use another word, Qu uh, inquisitive, curious, nosy. So then, I, so then, what we, so the Lord says, I don't want you to be nosy about my prayer. I'm going to lay it all out. You take the time. You study to show yourself approved to God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the words of truth. And you look at it and you see what I'm saying here. You check out what I'm trying to say to you. And if you miss the essence of my prayer, you're going to miss life. Because I'm glorified in you. And you don't even understand me. And you're going to go around talking about one. You don't even know me. Christ's prayer for the disciples and us has been laid out this way. Keep them in your name that they may be one even as we are one. That's his, now, see, first he was talking to the Father about being glorified. Now he started talking, praying for us. He says, I keep them, Lord, in thy name. And we want them to be one even as we are what? One. John 17, 11. And I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Keep validate, I'll validate with each scripture. John 17, 12. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them. I kept, I guarded. Not one of them had been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Judas was not an accident. Judas was not an accident. Judas made a choice. But God knew his choice before he even became a disciple. Don't ever think that you can outsmart God. He'll turn your choice to his glory in a way. They have, they have uh, my fulfilling joy. But now I am coming to you, and these things I, I speak in the, in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. When you talk about joy, having your joy fulfilled in yourself, you do not need music. You don't need anyone to pump you up. Yeah, boy, boy, they didn't have the right type of you know, music there, you know. Boy, this is not the church. Yes, this is the church. It's just that you had unrealistic expectations. And you had a counterfeit way of being pumped up. Because you see, it says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say what? Rejoice. And then the culture talked about the fact that we, in the course of our rejoicing, how we should be striking up our own tune. See, if there ever was somebody to whistle while they work, believers should be doing it. Not grumbling while they work, whistling while they work. He prayed that they would be kept from the evil one, Satan. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they, have, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. 
but that you keep them from the evil one. So quit praying, Lord, take me now. He's not going to take it. Get that prayer off your list. The saints, saints, stop praying for those folks. God will take you when you, when you finish. But while you're here, here's the prayer he's praying for you and me. Listen, 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 to, listen to what the verse says. Didn't I say keep them from demons? Does it? Notice the specific designation. Keep them from the evil one. Keep them from the devil. Keep them from Satan. Because you got what he'll never have. You have, you have entrance. Oh, there was a time when he would enter into heaven and God says, where have you been? Oh, I understand that. But see, we approach the throne boldly. We, we can say because the Holy Spirit, Abba, Father. We have an eternal, uh, uh, eternal name written down in glory. That's ours and only ours. We have more going for us. And say, you think Satan's going to put up with you? He hates you. Every time you wake up, you get on his nerve. And so it says, and so guess what? Jesus prayed for you. Keep each one of you from the evil one. You know, one thing that I, I, I realized, I don't know the extent of what Satan would do. See, I, 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 I'm, I'm, it bothers me when folks start singing songs that they don't know what they're talking about. They had a Jamaican song that says this uh, from the West Indies. The devil blue is a sly old fox, and if I catch him, I put him in the box. Put him in the box and took away the key for all the tricks that he played on me. <laughs> no, I said, man, you, 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 when you catch him, you a physical being going to catch him and throw him in a box. And throw away the key. I said, that's one of the dumbest songs I've heard in love. <laughs> and then they have songs like, Stomp. Stomp, who are you stomping on? Satan's walking around with you, yeah, let's stomp, let's stomp. Because, you see, I'm going to get into your brain. And I'm going to mess your life up. You won't know whether you're coming or going to church. You walk up to the door and say, did I, did I just finish or did I, or am, am, am I leaving? You know, okay, anyway. He's praying for us. says, keep them from the evil one. We have not experienced the full, the full wrath of Satan. This is Satan's work. The full wrath of Satan. If you want to get some inkling of it, just read Job. And the only reason that he didn't kill Job, the Lord says, you better not kill him. You can do this, do this. And Satan stripped him of everything and gave him a, a disease. Some call it elephantitis. That's, that's questionable. But elephantitis. And that type of disease that he had, he had it for almost one whole year. He wished he was dead. But didn't curse God. And Job didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And when you can't get a prayer through, 
The Holy Spirit takes our groaning and get it to the Father. And the Lord says, all you have to do is resist the devil. You don't have to do a whole lot of talking and get out of here and all that. No, just resist him. And what would the devil do? No, he's not going to do one of those swag walks and everything else. No, no. He's going to flee from you. Amen? He set us apart. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. That word sanctify, set apart. Set them apart in your word. Just like uh, if there's, I, I, I like certain type of pads and things like that. And it's set apart for me. I, it's, it's set a certain part in the refrigerator. That's Don Rack in the refrigerator right there. That's, that's holy ground right there, right there. <laughs> and, and, and so it's, 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 it's I, I call it, you know, we call it in the church sanctified food. What type of food? And, and so, I mean, so I know how much is supposed to be there, how much is supposed to be taken. Uh, I don't measure it, but I know how much is supposed to be taken because it's sanctified. And guess what? He says, sanctify all of you. Set you apart. Protect you. You're under such protection from the Lord. Then to send us into a dying world, you're not going to sit back and watch the, watch the show go by. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Wow. Set us apart in the truth. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in the truth. Make this the norm for every believer. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who what? will believe in me through their word. I stop on this. One last thing. And that is, does our oneness matter with Jesus? Does our oneness matter? Will it make a difference from this day forward? I think it's important that we begin to nail this thing down as we wrap things up. Our personal response to these questions will be revealed by how we live. Jesus is praying for us. I want to finish up John, be done with John by next week. The last few verses, we're done. But now he's praying for us. First, he was praying concerning the Father. He was praying uh, about his relationship with the Father, et cetera, et cetera. Now he's praying for us, and he began to wrap this thing up. And you know what? It's in place. And whatever Jesus prays for, whatever he prayed for, came to fruition. And he prayed for us. When we feel it or don't feel it, he prayed for us. In our weakest moment, I want, to, I want you to understand, he prayed for us. Jesus is praying for us, agonizing in the garden for each one of us. And as we close in prayer, all I want us to do this morning is really this morning for believers is to think about our relationship 
and lay aside all of the traditional things that we do and take it very personal. There's a God in heaven who came in the flesh, died on the cross of Calvary on our behalf. He is now our savior, also our brother. And we are joint heirs with Christ. The whole idea now is that the Lord wants to use us in a mighty way. And as we close in prayer, I definitely want to pray for you as individuals that God would use your life. Let us bow. Father, how I thank you for this time together. It's a time of um, a very definitive line between teaching and preaching, but it's, I pray, Lord, that they begin to understand the importance of your prayer. Whatever they do not understand, Satan will snatch it away. They will forget. And they'll start acting on their own, acting in the flesh, forgetting that everything they do should be glorifying you. I think about what Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh is by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Help us, Lord, to get there and stay there. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said,